on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in-store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. And they were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Ali. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined in studio as always by Luke Fitzgerald and our returning, I don't know if we're all co-hosts now, are they still the, the lead guest, Rory O'Connor, Keen Tracy. Lads, welcome back from Japan. Thanks. I got a gazimas, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling off the tongue now. I know, yeah. We, we thought it might be a bit <laughs> off. There's <laughs> a lot of chefs in here, but I, I we'll, we'll maybe figure it out who's the dominant we're retired now Will it's grand we're just guests again it's, that's it's, very, it's, yeah, very uh, big of you we were very democratic though we used to rotate the hosting you know it was all very uh, you know, whoever felt up, up to it on the day it was, I feel like uh, you saddled Keane with it in fairness, this is, in fairness yeah. at least we're not beside the side of a road or you know beside a river or you know, feels, traffic going by to be in a, a proper studio yeah, yeah. I know yeah like, how did you magic. lads get on like, Rory you were there for the longer stint seven and a half weeks you were saying that's a long Some, yeah 54 nights yeah it was look it was brilliant it was really really fun I need to come up with something really kind of profound to say Japan because I keep saying the same thing but it's unbelievably interesting a, um, a brilliant experience uh, but I was glad to come home at the end of it because uh, Japanese hotel rooms are not that not, not that comfortable and their pillows are full of uh, ball bearings as far as I can tell so um, <laughs> bring your own pi- first world problem. Bring, bring your own pillow to Japan if anyone a, a lot of people probably want to go now after seeing what the World Cup was like, but uh, bring your own pillow. It's one makes a bit of room. Tips. Absolutely, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's my spin-off podcast. Stay tuned. There's, a, there's, a travel, there's a travel podcast coming soon. <laughs> and Keen, like, did you come back from it very depressed about the state of Irish rugby? Like a lot of people over here who are kind of viewing it from afar. Like, how, how did you experience the latest World Cup collapse being over there? Uh, like. Yeah, like I, I, the, the weird thing was, I flew home in the same flight as the team. So you know, after spending <laughs> six, pulled down, six, scarf pulled up. <laughs> six weeks, you know, following them around and stuff, uh, which was great because we got to see so much of the country, and that was probably one of the best things about the World Cup because you were far following Ireland. We were moving every week, and you got to see so much of it. But yeah, that was. Um, an interesting morning in the airport. It was a very early morning flight, so and the airport was like empty except kind of squad members walking around. Mm. So it was pretty much you know walking down with your head down because you didn't kind of want what was those. The relationship like between the media and the team by the end of it. I, I thought it was fine. I mean, you know, certain certain players were put up um, in the mix zone after the the All Blacks game, and certain players weren't put up in the mix zone afterwards. And I think fair play to the, a lot of the younger guys who came up uh, out and fronted up. Um, I guess in the last couple of weeks since we've been back, we've seen Johnny Sexton in Cardiff last week at the launch. Leinster this week had Luke McGrath and Reese Ruddock up. So Peter O'Mahony in Munster today. So we're, they're starting to come back into it. But um, I thought it was fine. I mean, I'm sure the players probably haven't been too happy with the fallout. But I guess when you set such high standards for yourself, you're going to be judged by that. And they didn't live up to them. And that's what it boils down to. And I know where you've kind of just been you know, off for a couple of days coming back. You now we've Champions Cup this weekend. Like, is there, in your head, is there a cloud hanging over everything now? Well, I think, uh, yeah, the first question you asked Keane was interesting. It was like, are you depressed about the state of Irish rugby? And the reason I think everyone's so disappointed about the World Cup performance was that Irish rugby's never been in a better place yeah. to perform and that the national team have never had 
such good conditions to perform. You know, Joe Schmidt had such control over every element of Irish rugby. He was able to manage the players' minutes. He was able to move players around. He was able to get Joey Carberry down to Munster, Jordy Murphy up to Ulster. And yet we ended up with the same result. And that's really um, what the the big disappointment is, you know, the, the big underachievement of the, the whole of 2019, really, I don't think those players are bad players. I think we're going to see that over the next couple of weeks. I think I think Leinster are a really good bet for, probably not great odds, but they're a good bet to win the Champions Cup because they are excellent players. Um, Munster have a lot of good players. Ulster have a, have a decent team. Connacht have, you know, a, a good team as well. There are good players within Irish rugby and I think we will probably have a bit of a fall-off in the next year, as they did in 2016 for the national team, but Andy Farrell will then rebuild around a different team. So my big fear is that we're going to have the same World Cup cycle we always have. I mean, that was the best World Cup cycle we've ever had, probably, but then at the end of it was the with the big fall-off in the most important time. But that someone will win a Heineken Cup, someone will win, you know, Ireland will win a Six Nations, maybe even Grand Slam, but we'll get to France and the same thing will happen. That's the big fear I have because we just get World Cups themselves wrong because they seem to have figured out the cycle. So I'm not particularly bleak about the future of Irish rugby. I think they've got a good coach. They still have very good players. Uh, I think he needs to learn learn a lot of the lessons um, and be a lot more ruthless than Joe Schmidt was in his final year and move things on in the way that Luke has probably been calling for in here in terms of all the different things that Joe probably didn't do right in the last year. There are lessons to be learned. But no, I wouldn't be bleak about the whole thing. What's frustrating is that they actually had a really good chance to have a really good World Cup and they didn't. Well, yeah, I think we've done enough World Cup postmortems in here to last a lifetime, so maybe just... I'll go again. With <laughs> I think we have to thing. keep talking about it. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you can't move... The one thing that really frustrated me four years ago was everyone moved on, because, and particularly because of five injuries and our four injuries and suspension, and there was an excuse there. But I always thought that Argentina performance could have been better. Um, I, always, I always thought that that team could have achieved a semi-final, even with what happened. Um, I, and I don't. I mean, I'm less convinced of that one, Rhodes. So I because I, I think, like we talked, I, I you know, I, I agreed with like a really for me now that was a, a lot. I agreed with that. that you was look quite like surprising. You I agreed with a lot of what you said there. But no, you look like you believe when he came on that day. I mean, you, like you, you, I, were, you were very much well, part of pissed a, a off massive I was like, Well, I was pissed off because I was like, well, the head like I get picked ahead of me. Like that didn't make any sense. That was a bad decision. Yeah. Um. So when I got on, I was like, well, I have everything. I was like, the game was at a low ebb. Um, you know, I was coming on a situation where I was going to be able to make a difference and I was playing well. I said I knew I was playing well for a while. Uh, even though I'd come back from a shoulder injury, I just knew from training and all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, it was a, at, a, at a big point to prove. Like, I never, I wanted to anyway myself because I'd never been in that situation where I was in a quarterfinal of a World when Cup. You got, when you got back to 20, was it 2020 or 2320? Yeah, sorry, we could have done it, but really we it. weren't in the game though, Rhodes. Like, and I think, like, look, I get the point. I do get the point. Yeah. But I still, I always, how many times have I made this point about if you take enough. the best five players, yeah. enough. Yeah. If you took them in New Zealand's team, they wouldn't, they would be a very different team as well. That cycle, he got it right. He definitely got that right. We won the Six Nations coming into it. You look yeah. at Wales and England, they were the two top sides in the Six Nations. They were the two top performers. Mm. Um, I think there's no coincidence to that and timing the run in playing well. And um, South Africa won the championship, even though I think New Zealand might be better than them and I think England might be better than South Africa as well. But yeah. that's a different conversation. I think the timing was good the last time. I think the timing this time was bad. I think they had lots of things that, uh, like, they just they just peaked way too early and they, they were guys who were at the very top of the curve in terms of their playing ability, in terms of experience. November seemed to be the culmination of all that for me. Um, and we talked about it at the time saying, Jesus, like, you know, are we going to have this situation here where we've peaked too early? And it looked to be the case. Like, and I always feel like your, your time to be brave is probably in the year before. Like, I think lots of other teams do that. They're kind of bleeding guys where maybe they sacrifice a few results a good bit before. You can't just do it the Six Nations before. That's yeah. not the time to do it. It's very pressurised rugby. And eight guys who have played a good bit of rugby before that in the squad. People will tell me, you know, that, that, oh, you know, such and such had eight caps or, you know, all this kind of stuff and say, well, you know, there's probably a few guys you can pick out in that team who were very much, it was going to be a big stretch for them to play their best rugby there, where there was yeah. lots of other guys who'd got a chance a year and a half. They had the potential to do that. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Like, and it comes back to this question. It was really interesting because I, I, I don't know whether I got kind of laughed out, of, laughed off about it, but I was kind of saying, there's like, the after the World Cup, I thought it was interesting to hear what Eddie Jones kind of mentioned about his World Cup cycle and he was saying, well, it's a new team now. Yeah. And I, people were saying to me, because I, was, I, was, I asked the same question, I was like, do we, like, what do we do here? Like, how do we fix this? How do we get this to a situation where we have guys peaking at that stage rather than guys who were at the top of the curve the year previous? And I'm kind of saying, well, who's going to make it? 
that the first question you ask yourself? Mm. It might well be. It might not. We might not have the, the number of players. But I'd, you know, I'd be suggesting to someone looking at it saying, well, it's probably a good, good place to start if you're looking at a post-mortem. It's like, well, who can make it to the next one, first of all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you is that start, you have to start getting the players? Is that am I am I crazy or is that a bit radical? The way, the way, or? Did, way, way Jones did it f- uh, two four years ago was interesting because he kept Haskell, Rob Shaw, Hart, you know Hartley was he the kept captain. everyone by Ojo basically. But, and then he got to, he got to the Lions and then post Lions, I think that he, even he got to South Africa a year and a half or a year and a half before the World Cup, mm. and then he's like then he brought in having blooded Curry and a few others earlier, he mm. kind of went right. I'm going to be rootless now, and he yeah. cut. Like the, the two six and a halves, and he brought in two proper sevens. So we, I don't think he's. I don't think Andy Farrell has the luxury of casting off players. Uh, you know, I think there's going. I mean, I, like I think we're all saying, or the general consensus seems to be, we find the balance. Yeah, but there's a few key positions. I don't think he could. I don't know if he should do that. I, I wonder yeah. are Irish rugby so obsessed with four year cycles when you look at what South Africa have done now? Obviously, they've much bigger resources in terms of playing playing pool. But like what Rassi Rasmus did in such a short period of time, is that something that Irish rugby needs to do rather than focusing on four years? Is it a two is it two two year blocks, if you know what I mean, and try and pe- peak yeah. peak that way because what we've been doing for the last few years. Yeah, well, we haven't tried a- that one yet. Absolutely. Something has to change. And if it's not gonna change yeah. now, when is it gonna change? You know, mm. we thought it after two thousand and fifteen it'd be then, it wasn't. Something has to change now. Mm. Well, we'll probably touch on a lot of the stuff anyway over the course of the next you know half an hour 40 minutes or what have you Rory obviously yeah. we're going to maybe go into more of the pools in depth now like Leinster are pool one as you said they are now the favourites ever since the Saracens news came out Saracens have drifted away Leinster 15 day they're in a pool with Benetton Leon and, and the Northampton Saints which on the face of it is a pretty advantageous pool if you're looking at maybe trying to get a top seed and a home quarter and, and the inside track and a home semi-final Um but again, Leinster will have a lot of guys who, who are coming back from the World Cup not in great form that we haven't seen play yet. Johnny Sexton, maybe one of the chief among them. There's obviously some good young players like Ronan Kelleher who have put their hand up and even in the back row, Max Deegan and Kellen Doris have started well. Like, What are you expecting to see from them? They have a pretty good start at home to Benetton, so you'd expect an easy win there. But overall, over the first, first two weekends, like, what are you hoping to see from them? I, I would expect Leinster to finish his top season at the end of the pool. Mm. I think that pool is eminently willable. I think they can go six from six. Um... I know Northampton are, are kind of coming good under Chris Boyd. They're a better team than they were probably two years ago when Leinster last played them and, and beat them in Franklin's Gardens. But And at Treviso were a good team as well. Like they, they shouldn't be dismissed. But starting at home against them and finishing away to them is probably a good way of doing it because they'll probably be out of running by the time it gets to that round six game. Back-to-backs against Northampton, Northampton Dubal, uh, Leon. Top of the top, top fourteen, but don't really have the star power or European experience that you'd. Expect. I think there'll be a threat at home. And, certainly, uh, yeah. and, and you have them at home early, like week and, two. And, is yeah, no, that, that's a big day. That's the big one. And last year, that was the game they lost to Toulouse, which put them on the back foot uh, in in the pool. But Toulouse are a better team than Leon, I think. Will ca- caused and Leinster kind of took the eye off the ball that day a little bit. I think Leinster have the squad. They've got another influx of, of young players who are looking good. They've got players coming back with points to prove. I mean, Johnny had a. A strange World Cup. He had like he was the guy who dragged them through the kind of dark days after Japan, and and looked to have kind of you know was was playing well until things went against him in, in the New Zealand game. And at times it was inches, but it just stuff didn't go his way. I don't think he's gonna have a bad season as a result of that. Although he will probably take it to heart more than most. I uh, I think Leinster are in the best nick. I think of the four provinces, they're by far and away the, the best Irish chance of a winner. And I think they should be looking at winning this pool. Yeah, yeah, it seemed cut and dried already. I don't want to, you know, dismiss Leon or Hampton, who are both doing really well domestically, albeit during a World Cup period where teams can be in flux. But Leinster look like, yeah, as Rory says, yeah. six from six looks like the most likely outcome. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'd be, I'm very interested to see this week. Okay, it's a, it's a handy enough game to start, but you know, Stuart Lancaster is talking this week about how the gap between the international players and the guy that it, the guys that have been keeping the show on the road back home has narrowed, and that they want to pick guys. In form because for me that was one of the biggest flaws of Ireland's World Cup campaign guys were not picked on form and it's very interesting to hear Stuart Lancaster now coming out because there were definitely a couple of guys within that Leinster setup who had justifiable claims like the Jordan Armour Reese Ruddock who were having really good World Cups and they didn't get rewarded for it so if Leinster start rewarding their young players on form 
perhaps that could seep into the national setup as well because we, we started this conversation with talking about not picking players in form and that has been a big issue over the last few years. Yeah, do you think, like, how unlikely is it, like, to see, okay, Ronan Kelleher will probably start, Sean Cronin's injured, likewise, Jack Conan's is out, so Deegan or Doris will be in there. But for someone like Scott Penny, for instance, who's only 20 years old, but he's been one of the star standout players. You well, know. Will Connors was, was name-checked yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, they could put Fardy back to six, put Ruddock in at eight. I mean, they have experienced options, but maybe this is the week where you go inexperienced and then Leon is the one where you're better. Doris is a lovely, sh he's a nice shape of a guy. He's a big fella. Yeah. They do like him. They rate him very highly. Um, Deegan as well. Like, I mean, look, to have the quality, I think regardless, they're going to be very strong there. Um, I think, you know, conditions dependent. I think, you know, if, if it's a nice day, you're probably picking Deegan, aren't you? Like, he's so good in the, in the... I really like Deegan. I like Deegan a lot. I think he's improved a huge amount. I know there were some concerns maybe um, around his, maybe his ability in the tight. Um, I like Josh Murphy at six. Yeah. I really like him. I think he's an excellent uh, rugby player. Every time I see him, I'm more and more impressed by him. Um, yeah, like, look, I think it's a great opportunity. I think they've been very impressed. The, the few guys that I have spoken to um, here and there, you know, there's a few really good up-and-coming guys. They really like this young guy, Baird, as well. Yeah, um, they just class. really, really rate him. Um, you'd have James Ryan come back into the fold. Uh, Keen Healy already has, has, has stretched the legs as well. Um, you know, Furlong back in the mix. And he's a guy, I think, who I'd like to see uh, maybe... You know, kick on. I think um, you know we haven't seen him be um, as dynamic. I, we saw glimpses of what I thought against uh, against uh, Scotland and uh, Samoa, particularly. I thought he had an excellent game, but I think there's more in the tank for him. I he he was in my top five players in the world uh, the the Lions year, um, and I think maybe you know there's a bit more in him. There's more. There's more. There's more to see from from Ty Furlan than he's showed in the last little bit. I think he's under pressure. I think Andrew Porter's coming playing brilliantly. Yeah. I mean, playing there, there can be no. Bad week. Kind anymore. of a bad weekend there. there if think. Andrew Porter's going better than type for long, doesn't matter if he's lying. He's got to like yeah. you got to go with Porter. Like you know, you got this is yeah. what has to start happening. I think Leinster have started doing that. We've seen yeah. Rob Carney on the bench a couple of times in games that you would have, you know, definitely would have started for Ireland it, over the last <laughs> so year. He, he couldn't not get picked for Ireland. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> like but that, that's, 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 that's like, I think that's the culture that has. Yeah. I think Leinster have been changing. I don't know if it's a good example, I but think, yeah, I, think I agree. Porter, Leinster have been great. Sorry, sorry, it's a great example. Sorry, excuse it was me. It's exactly what we're talking about. What happened after 2016, that season where Connacht won the Pro 14, was that after that, Leo Cullen and his coach went, right, we probably picked players at big for big games based on reputation over form. <laughs> But that was apparently the big thing. Apparently, that was the big takeaway the coaches took, yeah, and that was one of the things. Since then, they have. Um, there's others I'm thinking of, but it, it's. Um, but that apparently is what the, what's big change, and I think that is big contrast. But when we look yeah. at the big contrast between Leinster and Ireland, that has been a big topic in the last yeah. couple of weeks. That's one of the things I think that players they've been really good at that. that. They've been yeah. really but it's interesting when it's the provincial side that's more likely to drop the bigger name, whereas it surely should be the order around. Usually, yeah, not necessarily. Like you've got shorter windows. That's mm. a big thing. The the shorter windows, the more like more pressure. You know, you you'll rely on combinations that have worked together because you've got such a short window to get organised and get flow into the game. Um, and that's the big challenge with international rugby. It's a way, way more difficult job uh, than a provincial coach. You have way more opportunity to, if you're a really, really good coach, I always think that shines through much better in a situation where you have them all year and you have way longer periods together. Players who are more used to each other, players who are used to the system, all the language is the same. Uh, you don't have any of these, now look, you are dealing with better players, but you're also playing against better players. So yeah. I think um, it, that's a, if you're a really good coach, it really, really shines through when you got more time with the guys and to that end you know Stuart Lancaster is someone who gets a lot of praise in the Leinster guys and I was talking to you about it just before we came on air in the office about you know he addressed uh, the remarks that O'Driscoll and the Sewa made read the way Leinster playing under him versus how Ireland were maybe playing and if there was some sort of muddled thinking between it and again he seemed to I thought reading the quotes he gave to you and the other lads that he seemed almost like he was trying to downplay it that he almost sounded offended by the, by the notion for some reason even though it's actually a compliment if anything to the way Leinster are playing yeah, I, I I think his point was probably that he he doesn't want the finger pointed at him for doing a good job and for Ireland's you know failed World Cup. I think that's what he was probably getting at. He was definitely armed and prepared for the question because Leo Collins been asked about it, Sexton was asked about it about at the launch last last week, and they're both sort of saying the same thing that. And in fairness, it's a very good point. Munster had a new coach in relatively new in Van Gran. Andy Friend was a new coach in Connacht. Dan McFarland was in Ulster, so. Why weren't people pointing at that? But I guess there is such a stark difference with how 
Leinster playing the game just comfortable in chaos thing compared to what Ireland were doing and I think when someone like Brian O'Driscoll and in fairness Easton Aseo was the first person to come out and say it who two absolute loyal servants to Joe Schmidt when they come out and say something like that you've got to sit, sit up and take note because they're not pulling that out of the air you know what I mean like they didn't just make that up that came from from somewhere yeah, Rory, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops as we go with Andy Farrell's first year because if Ireland do play a similar style and Leinster are continuing to you know, go well, it's just going to become bigger and bigger an issue. I don't think it will because I think yeah. Andy Farrell is much more uh, philosophically aligned with Stuart Lancaster than he will be to Joe Schmidt. And I think that Ireland will change the way they play under Andy Farrell. I don't think Andy Farrell is going to basically dust off the Joe Schmidt playbook and go, he's a different kind of coach. He's not as intense. He's not as, um, I wouldn't say he's as controlling in terms of every element of the play. I think there will be a... Much, I think they will play more heads up. They'll probably go more with the Saracen style shape. Uh, I think he did have a big influence over the 2015 England attack. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, I'm not sure. But before that World Cup, they looked really, really good. Did you play in that warm-up game where they caused all sorts of problems in Twickenham? In Twickenham, no, I didn't. They were really good that day. I know Anthony Watson's a class player. They were getting the wide to him in May, I think, May that, that, was day. that day. As well, they were yeah. really good. But but like, did May get selected in the end? I'm not sure. Uh, did he? Yeah, he did. No, for the World Cup, no. But did he play Four in the games? I don't know if he played in the games I, for them. I don't anyway, think so. he was brilliant that day. But there was I, a few I, terrible tackles. Sorry for being but I think, but I think Farrell will bring in. Yeah. Uh, it won't be as much. Well, I think it, because they've worked together, because Cat was the attack coach in Lancaster's time as well. It's much more in line. Um, so I, I think the, the you know for the I think the style of he play do, will be better. He do well now to focus on the defense. But there is the def- suggest- his defense. The defense was bloody terrible in the in the World Cup. Isn't there some suggestion though that he wants to have more of a say in the attacking? That's from oh, what I'd I be focusing on the defense. Mm. His that's and I would be I, the way I get the connection if I'm him um, is through well, like I would. Like Leinster are really good at working on the transition stuff. I'd be talking to Stuart Lancaster about what what are they doing for transition to attack and uh, maybe get involved in that part of it. He just needs to offload that and get the defence right. If the everything you look at every team that played well in the World Cup, mm. every single one of them, England against New Zealand dominated uh, New Zealand defensively. New Zealand against us dominated us uh, defensively in the final. South Africa dominated England. Defen- like it was, I thought. Like I thought it was a twenty eleven was the World Cup of the high ball. Remember yeah. Argentina were just unbelievable. Oh seven, sorry, oh yeah, seven. Yeah. I thought like this time around defences like it was just comp- everyone was talking about Japan playing great rugby. But as soon as it came up against a big, heavy, committed, hard off the line defense, you know they just couldn't manage it. Uh, couldn't manage the, the the game against them, you know. And I thought that that told in every single big match, um, you know that that's why you know Wales and, and South Africa was such a tight match. Two very good defenses, um, you know, are very hard to break down. That's why they got so far in the competition. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be focusing on that if I was him. I wouldn't be worrying about like my, let my cat do his job. Let him yeah. have his imprint on the game. Let him let the, let the guys. I think uh, the comfortable in chaos thing is a very interesting mindset. But you ha- like there's 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 something to it in that Leinster players seem to. I always remember Joe Schmidt making a point about the the odds of you scoring the longer you have the ball decreasing massively when you go beyond a certain amount of phases. So I think he, I don't know, I think he, once he got to that point, I think he got maybe a little bit overly pragmatic about that. Whereas I think Leinster have gone back to saying, well, even if with the chances of us scoring the longer the phases go on, we'd still rather have the ball. Yeah. You know, and we're going to actually practice, be you know, trying to break teams down and attack the that Irish way. game plan that was built on retaining the ball was over and over again. But I think it's just real pragmatic. There was yeah. they didn't really take many chances. I don't think they were very predictable. Uh, very predictable, yeah. I think. But I also feel like a big thing that I've talked about all the time is the if you look at England against New Zealand and New Zealand against us, the ball playing with the forwards. Like yeah. if you're going to play an attacking Hans. game. Your forwards have to and be. Friend, it's Leinster are great at that. Leinster do it really yeah. well, and they didn't do it well in the final against Saracens. Yeah. It was a big yeah. thing they did not do. They didn't take an extra half a step back. They, they when the, when when it got really when they got really pressurised, they didn't they didn't ball play amongst them. So I'd be really focused on that. I think every, every good team I see playing the game, their forwards have all got good handling ability, and our, we've got forwards who have great handling ability. I don't know what I I was really that was something to me that really pissed me off watching the team the last year and a half was that I was saying yeah. like what's going on here? What happened to all these really Bruce nice moves? game in seventeen? That was oh, the that was brilliant. the best. Probably Remember the best they were doing that round. move where they were tipping the, on two yeah, four passes you, before you, you, saw, even it, you to, saw it in the brilliant. Leinster game the other night when it's not all the the, the the starting players. The front row for Andrew Porter's first try are involved in a set piece move where Ronan Keller goes through, offloads yeah. to Keane Healy, and yeah. then Porter picks and goes. The three front rows, yeah. two two guys who are not first choice, all comfortable at the ball no matter what numbers on the back. It's are pre it, pre contact is the hard it's, one. Yeah. Forget about the, the like everyone goes on about offloading pre contact. All the best teams in the world 
do it before contact. It's like the Jay best Hammond way. The other day it's when he got it just that's exactly what it, it's the best time. That's in, that's when it's the hardest to do. When you've dominated contact, got the hands through. It's usually a short one off either side. If you've dominated and the hands are through, it's fine. Where you need to be brave is before contact. So I be I think you have a few really good things you can focus on there. And like a big thing for Andy Farrell is going to be you know figuring out who goes where. Like it's you know who he's going to pick in different positions. I would suggest Joey Carberry at fullback. I think is it's a mistake picking him at ten. I think he's a brilliant fullback. Um, I think it was a mistake for him to leave. Well, I I think it was it was kind of interesting enough. I think for Leinster, they had decided I know Graham Henry came out with that thing about him being a number 10 I think they, they thought he was going to be the natural successor to, to Rob Carney but it looks like Larmer's in that slot now Um I, I don't know. I but think Carberry was has, was so good for Munster last season when he was fit at number it's ten. It's different. He, I just don't think he's that good at ten. I think he's a brilliant fifteen. He's a class class fifteen I, against really good teams. I was think he, really he has good. potential to be a class ten though as well. To be honest, I think he showed <sighs> she showed that when he was fit for Munster, he was running the game plan when Munster against were really the, good teams though. But Gloucester, that game against Gloucester, what about in, extra? In, in than they only drew. But like, he wasn't. You know, he's I, I think he's absolutely parts. crucial. With, I know she to get onto Munster to to everything yeah. that Munster. Yeah, yeah, do well, I think people get confused with him being a really good rugby player versus a really good 10. But I always think that with guys like him. I just think there's a certain kind of player that just to my eye, I just feel like I just I look at him and I don't think 10. I just don't. I just feel like brilliant rugby player, kind of one of those fellas who could be nearly stuck for a position. I always think 15 is where he would have a massive best, like he'd have the best impact on the game back there. Because a brilliant reader of the game. I think at 10, he doesn't get to show his footwork enough. I think he actually brings his wingers into play. He opens up the pitch for you. Plus he gives you another really good kicking option. He's a heads up rugby player. I think he made a mistake moving like, look, he's done it now. He's got, he's committed to it, but you could still pick that guy at 15 if they're stuck without uh, Simon Zebo. Or they're not going to pick Tiernan Just because he's playing 10 for Munster doesn't mean he can't play 15 for Ireland. Yeah, that's what I think as yeah, well. Like, he could I be Munster's ten for the next ten years, but if you want to get the best, because it's a different standard playing international, it's very different. Who's who? Like who's going to be your, your ten in, in four years' time? Like that's the question. Is Johnny actually going to go to thirty? Eight at, at the World Cup, even or, I said yeah, um, you know, <laughs> he, he does Harry Byrne is Harry Byrne or Ross Byrne, you know, gonna make like Harry Byrne is the one they're all talking about now, but you know, yeah. um, Cardi so like Cardi's gonna be around. All, like, yeah. I, all things being equal, though, Joey Carberry is going to be the ten. I would assume if he's fit. Yeah. Like, well, could, we leave, this all, we leave the twenty twenty three tag over. That could be a Christmas oh, special. We yeah. love yeah. the World Cup. Someone stop this madness. We won't do the pills chronology, but we're moving on to Munch's pill now. Obviously, they they have Saracens and Racing as well as the Ospreys. Ospreys this weekend came, which is probably just as well to start off with maybe your, your most winnable game, albeit it is on the road. They're 20 to 1, and we were, we were discussing earlier as well that even though you know they've new coaches in, in Larkham and, and Roundtree, and there's a bit of positivity from that, with injury to Joey Carberry in such a tough pull that they're probably as far away in terms of winning the tournament at this stage, at this juncture, than they have been in a couple of years. Yeah, it's. I reckon in the summer when they got Larkham and Roundtree and they knew they were going to be coming in late, obviously Roundtree much later because he was with Georgia at the World Cup. So I think there has been an acceptance that, you know, this is going to take time, that it might not happen this season. They spent a lot of money to get two, let's face it, world-class coaches yeah. in. The talk is that, you know, they're going to have two world-class players arriving next season, Dialende and Orgy Snyman, who were potentially massive game-changers who could easily be the difference between Munster getting to three consecutive Heineken Cup semi-finals and getting to the final. At the outset now, it's going to take time. I think we're seeing glimpses of what Larkham is all about. We saw it against Ulster. I was down in Munster today talking to a couple of players, Tyler Blainhall and Mike Haley, and he's just encouraging them to, to play with more freedom, which I think will be a real breath of fresh air. Music, offloading. Yeah, and music to the ears of Munster fans. Like they, want to see, they want to see a bit more of this uh, attacking play, but... I think there's probably an acceptance that this could be a slow burner of a season purely because there are so many new, new ideas trying to be implemented. They haven't really strengthened their squad that much. Nick McCarthy has come down from Leinster. So there's not much evidence to suggest, in my opinion, that they are any better now to take that next step for the in terms of Europe and the Champions Cup getting to that final. But I think if they can get those two South Africans over the line, then next season they're a totally different proposition. But on this season, Rory, obviously away to Ospreys week one, home to Racing week two. It's kind of it's a big, huge two weeks for them. Well, I like. I, I think I said last year that, that last year was the big opportunity for Munster um, because of the age profile of the players. And then when you saw the pool being drawn in June or July or whenever it was, you're like, oh, that's, that's it, like Munster. And there is actually an argument for Munster because they can't do it because of who they are and because of their tradition in this, in this tournament. But it's actually an argument for Munster going full balls on the Pro 14 
and getting top seeding for next year's European Cup. So they get a good draw, bring in Snyman and Dielande, and they can win it then. But you can't obviously do that because you're Munster and your your tradition is there. And they're the masters of the pool stages. And suddenly Saracens are saying they're not going to take it seriously. I, I believe that when I see it. Rassinger are in the lower reaches of the, of the top 14. They're not doing particularly well. They've kind of gone for a bit of re- refresh themselves. And Ospreys are guaranteed 10 points if you if you have anything about you. So I think Munster can get out of their pool and they've been pretty unlucky with draws over the last couple of years and I think when it does get to the top four this squad isn't good enough but if it, if they get an Edinburgh in a quarter final again they're more than capable of getting through that if they can avoid a Saracens or a Claremont I think they can get through that and then suddenly they have a chance so I, I wouldn't write I think 20 to 1 is is probably about right and you could take out but, one of the big guns or two well, like big guns sa- potentially exactly like they're in a pool where it looked on paper like it was going to be really tough I, I don't think they're going to win it I think they probably will go back to knockouts and then they're relying on a good draw. Um, it's just a pity they don't have Diolande and Snayman here this year because like that would be that would just them. get them over the line. They need a lot more from Peter Omani in, in terms of his ball playing, his, his ball carrying and things like that. I think they need to get him back to his best if they can. They need Conor Murray. They need they need lads to be pissed off at the World Cup. They need They'd be a nightmare they, at home though. They're, they're always a they're nightmare. Big, at home. They're they're really great at home. Yeah. You know, so you always I think you can nearly I'm not going to say you nearly guarantee it, but you'd be pretty close to saying that they'd be Bardasari's one, pretty bloody close to winning three of them and working from that base. And then you say to yourself, Osprey's week one, yeah, they're missing JJ as well this week, which is a bit of a challenge for them as well. Um, obviously, Joey gone. Like they are challenges for the team that they'll have to wear this week. So that'll that'll take a really big performance. But if they can nick one, you know they've you know they've two, th- three really they do they have three with, really big performances. They start with nine points. Are they home to Saracens first or away? Uh, they are away. To okay. Saracens first. Well, like they, if, if they get nine, game. they get nine points for the first two games because they like mm. they they fancy their chance of beating Racing and Tolman. Like Racing lost in Ravenhill last year. Yeah. Um, they you know, need a bad, bit of bad I, I think I don't <laughs> think anyone would argue that they're good enough to get out of this pool. But I think what we've seen over the last three years is there's such a big gap when you get to the semi final in terms of you know that last four. There's a big gap, and Munster have been quite off it and there's not much to suggest I would think that they're any better to take that next step but I think in terms of getting out of the pool I think they're definitely good enough and what about the Joey Carberry situation Rory obviously we, there's kind of a undefined period of how long he might be out for it's been an absolute disaster for him and how he's you know how his season or his years unfolded almost you know injured in the Six Nations maybe rushed back possibly for that quarter final in Edinburgh then on the side I think he started three matches for club and country in 2019 or since February 1st sorry yeah. since the start of the Six Nations he started three games and maybe made six substitute appearances uh, and now we don't even know if he might be back for the Six Nations looks pretty clear now that he shouldn't have gone to the World Cup doesn't yeah. it I mean mm. it, it looks like it, he didn't do himself any justice over there you know and he, he didn't look right the Japan game he didn't look right he, he was kind of running in treacle I thought he wasn't able to step but um, you know he's such a good player, and whether he's a fullback or a ten, he's definitely got a Great part player. to play in so Irish rugby in the next ten years. No doubt about that. Like, yeah, yeah, and and he's really important. Like he's really really important, and I think Munster are right to just go hands off, get it sorted, get it right, get it sorted, and get it yeah. get it right properly because he he relies on those ankles a lot. You know, yeah, um, he's had problems with the, his ankle before, and yeah. that's the issue. But you got to feel sorry for him. Like a World Cup, it, like once every four years. If if I was you know a professional rugby player and I was in the same position, I would have done the exact same thing. I it's not his call. I was going to say as someone who would have. Oh, sorry. <laughs> suffered technical the, issues. Was karate <laughs> kept the microphone. Yeah. As someone who would have suffered the fresh of injuries, like it's very difficult though to to pump the brakes on yourself. I'd imagine when there's such a big match to be played. In. Uh I don't know. Look, it depends. Like I don't know how serious that injury was. We that that he had going over. Um, look, there's some of them that you just want the doctor to say, "Listen, sorry, it's like." It's not going to happen. But, like, there is lots of them where, you, like, some people just have unbelievably good healing power. Always, like, Rob Carney was a guy who would great, like, for whatever it was, <laughs> there was always a carrot at the end, um, you know, and he was he always seemed to get back from his unbelievable injuries before, like, Six Nations and stuff. Um, so some people just have great healing powers and they're just, you know, great trainers and that. Um, you know, so you just, it's really, it's 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 a grey area. We obviously know with the benefit of hindsight now that that probably wasn't the right decision, but, um, you know, who's to say that it would win? I, I always think with these ones, what, what is quite important is the difference between a running, something that affects your running and an upper body injury. I think they're two very different things in terms of what your ability to play the game. If you can't run in a field game, you're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. It sounds like a really basic thing to say, but those injuries, I always said, well, maybe it's because I was on the wing and you're marking usually the fastest two, either the fullback, second centre or wing, you're usually tackling those guys. 
you know, you got to be able to run to catch those guys. But I would suggest the same thing uh, on any position on the pitch. Actually, if you can't run, you probably shouldn't be playing, um, and you probably shouldn't have gone. But someone has to step in and take that decision for you. Um, yeah, a very difficult thing to do. Munster are not happy about this at all. Just reading between the lines, you yeah, know, yeah. like there's been a lot of like Van Gran at the launch last week was kind of saying he's our player, he's under our care now. We're going to look after him, you know. So there has been these sort of issues, oh, and I guess. Dave invested a lot in kind of getting him down as well and like I mentioned earlier he is so important to, to everything that, that Munster do and like the one thing about it is there's real uncertainty about how serious the issue is um, we were I was down in Limerick today again trying to get more information and the update is that there is no update now this is what they're saying publicly so I'm not sure if that's, you know, like almost like two GDPR fingers up at the IRFU trying to make it sound even more serious because... I mean, no, but sure, it's, everything's located on a central system. Yeah, here. but so I, they, just publicly, I, I think Munster are trying to get their point across that this guy is our main man and he's come back to us now and he might, if he is out till after Christmas, that's the bones of the Champions Cup and they might be out of competition by then. So I think they're they're rightly feeling aggrieved. Yeah, if he's out of those back-to-backs against Saracens, it'll be very difficult, Rory. And I know you were at the World Cup or we might have been home when the Saracens news broke, and we don't have to debate the it's actual in the air, I think. the ins and outs of what they've been charged with, but in terms of how it might affect them in Europe this season, you know, there's talk from Mark McCall that they might prioritise the league and guarantee, to guarantee their safety, which they should be able to get with their squad fairly comfortably, but you know, it could even spur them on even more, kind of an us-against-the-world kind of thing. You wouldn't know how it might... Yeah, I, th- I do think the fact that it's two weeks after a World Cup final that a lot of them played in will mean that they may start slowly in the tournament because I, I don't know if he'll rush back with Toje, Owen Farrell and all those players, particularly when he has a relegation fight basically to deal with. But I do think within that dressing room there's enough characters and enough winners to go, this we're defending our title and we can't win the Premiership this year, so we want to win it. We want to win Europe. We're not even going to be in Europe next year, and also it could be our last game, our last if season they together. Win, so I can, so I have, I've, I haven't. I could, if they win, they qualify again. If they win, they qualify yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be like that's another carrot. So while, while McCall says it, I think that dressing room is going to be driving for to try and win it again. Like, it's we, last know, year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they have this. Well, they have the panel, and they're the best academy in, in in England as well. So even if the if the the main men are away for the first couple of weeks. They'll fancy like, the they problem might is off I, I presume he's going to go from a base of strength though, isn't he? He's going to have to try and get like positive at some point in terms of points, isn't he? Like, is it so? Like, we're, like we're talking about this kind of, but like, I, I would agree. I, I think he, he absolutely should be able to fight in two fronts, but he's still going to be like, well, we need to get ticking away at these minus points like pretty quickly. Yeah, do, no, you, know, do you think? Yeah, yeah. 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 but he, like, I, they, he could probably go right. We're going to lose to Racing in the first weekend in Paris, but we'll be get five points off Ospreys. We'll forget about Europe for a couple of weeks. Then we get Munster back to back. We edged up that head to head. We're we're pretty much in this. Then you know deal with the Premiership over Christmas, and then you're coming into the last two games. You have got the Ospreys again. I mean they'll see that as doable. So I I don't believe him when he says he's got. Certainly I think the players like when I told you and these lads come. I believe Vinopolo, Mako Vinopolo come back and they're. If they're yeah. playing those matches, and they're also yeah. they're like they've got World Cup hurt, that they want to work out on someone, and, and they want to, and they also want to keep this winning culture. You saw Pat Sanderson, was it a Pat or Alex? I always get confused. Alex, this is Alex Anderson yeah. the other day using the Taylor Swift quote, basically saying we're going to use this as we're going to wear this, we're going to own. <laughs> you know, this is a, this is our cause for the season. Um, that makes them even more more dangerous. Yeah, I that's think, what I mean. Like, I don't think too many people will be feeling too sorry for them in terms of the squad depth that they have. Well, they like signed three internationals from last season, like Elliot Daly, uh, Reese Carey, yeah. Carey, and Jack Singleton. Them. So like they'll the, be all right. They'll the be legality right. now comes was, into question. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, <laughs> if that wasn't raising red flags, like. but like that—that's the whole thing. They're not to the Elliot Daly one was particularly disheartening. But like they've been found guilty of allegedly breaching the salary cap for the last three years. But what about this year? They do three definitely have two squads that can compete now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> grand. It, it, apparently this year <laughs> doesn't isn't involved in this investigation. But you would wonder, but um, when will that be investigation be? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Like how do they? Enforce it from, from here on in. It's uh, it's tricky, but like yeah, I I do think I, I can't see them. Like I think they're they're still a threat. I it, just it puts it, it puts they, an they're still the best team in the competition. Yeah, yeah right? they are, but it puts an asterisk yeah. next to the competition the if they don't take it That's seriously for camera. certain games because after they didn't even show up to the launch last week, which yeah. was te- like. Okay, they had their reasons, but it looked terrible that the the reigning champions. I was explaining it to you earlier. So what were you going to do? Like the interviews would be completely dominated. Would you not just face the music? To know, like I'm yeah. sure they were getting. They've never it was been, They've I, never looked. They've never wanted to be popular. Like they, yeah, they, they it, kind it, of thrive off this stuff. It, it didn't look good. So I, I was telling you before we came on. Um, 
went into the room early, early and kind of the tables are all set up. You, you know the story and the crests are all in the table. So I was trying to plan, you know, I'll sit close to the Saracens <laughs> one. Hang on, where's the, where's the Saracens crest? Oh, there'll be, a, there'll be a press release there in a second. So And it, they did it before in 2010, I think. They went to Oktoberfest instead of turning up to the launch. So they have history in it. So Oktoberfest is better. You know, which one right? <laughs> in fairness, I would too. But it just looked bad that the champions yeah. weren't at the, the launch. Okay, in a word, do Munster make it out of this pool? Yes. No. Well, two out of three isn't too bad, I guess. Um, I think Rassing are pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. do think Rassing are pretty good, and I think Saracens will get their act together. Mm. Um, I can't see them. Look, the only the only mitigating factor there is whether what team Saracens pick. But I, I don't know. I just feel like Rassing are pretty good, and they're pretty good in that the La Defense mm. Arena, whatever it is. Like yeah. that's they're they're hard to beat there. Yeah. Uh, so they could be. You you think they're probably going to be three for three as well at home? So. That's uh, a tricky one. It's out to be a cracker. Anyway, moving on to Pool 3, Rory Claremont back in the tournament for the first time in two years. Ulster, Bath and Quinns. Not an easy pool by any means, but Bath and Quinns, probably two of the English teams who were in the tournament that wouldn't be as strong as maybe, you know, your Saracens or your Exeters. And Ulster have recruited pretty well over the summer, like, you know, bringing in Matt Faddies and Sam Carter, you know, be, you know, beefing up their squad as well. They've, like, a bit like Munster, you know, they've backed away and then Claremont at home in their first two weeks. A good start there will put them really in the mix because Quinns back-to-back is... Winnable. Do you know where I liked them for, on Saturday watching that Ulster Munster game? Jack McGrath was in people's faces. He was energetic. He had a bit of life to him. He's coming on the ref. He was going, yeah, like he was, like he was, he was winning collisions and then going in the lads' faces and going like. I haven't seen Jack McGrath have that much life in him for a couple of seasons since probably his Lions tour. He looks like he might be getting something back. I think maybe the missing out in the World Cup was maybe the kick that he, he needed. Played, he played with a hip injury for a whole year or a knee yeah, injury, sorry, absolutely. that they didn't fix because everyone everyone was injured. Yeah, yeah, he really I mean, killed him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's, yeah. it's, it's it was a real shame to see him because I mean he would have really added. Although yeah. Kilcoyne was brilliant at the World Cup, but oh, Kilcoyne was unbelievable. But I, but he I was think, one of our best players at the World Cup. Absolutely, it's unbelievable. But for Ulster to sign a Jack McGrath like it didn't at the worst end of last season and during the warm-ups you're like mm. geez what are Ulster getting here suddenly he's starting to look maybe like he's getting it back Carter looks like a good addition I thought Ulster were really good on Saturday uh, apart from the fact they couldn't hold onto the ball like it, their pack looked more uh, threatening than it has done for they a while beefy that was now the, don't they like if you've Marty Moore there you know herring up front like that's a good front row now all of a sudden you know yeah. and Marty Moore just back Carter and H- Henderson has Decent a lot of points in the bench like Eric O'Sullivan a very good year last year you yeah. know Tom O'Toole is an up and coming is he, when is, is he back now back, or is, yeah. he is he back, back is he yeah, sorry yeah, I know because yeah, yeah. obviously he didn't get selected and for that he was thing, very unlucky that he doesn't have a, a World, World Cup medal he would have he 100% yeah he might not have been in the Match day twenty three. No, but he would. He, he would have been, been in squad ahead of your. Uh, pretty close. Camp. I don't know. He leave, leave that guy. He's bloody awesome. Kago I think. Kago Smith. That's who I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah. Well, well played. Mm-hmm. Great. Great he was the only forward that didn't get like didn't get the match day yeah, twenty three. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. um, so I think Ulster. Like I think Claremont will win that pool. Yeah. I think Cla- no one will beat Claremont in Claremont, and they'll they're pretty comfortable going away, and they were really good. And I watched. It, I was at the Challenge Cup final last year, and I, like they were just awesome. And you go back to that semi final against Leinster a couple of years ago, and they have they know this tournament. They know they, they, they haven't won it, but they. I mean, they they'll win that pool. <laughs> they do, yeah. They know how to get. They know how to beat a lot of good teams and then screw it up they at the end. Knock out other good but teams. I think they're one of the contenders. But I think yeah. Ulster will definitely fancy going to either the stoop or the wreck or both and getting a few points. Uh, it's a bit, it's a real dogfight those three, isn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah. Is that your sense of it as well? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think Ulster tight. have the best team out of the three of them. Yeah. I, I think. I think so much depends this weekend if Underhill and Lowe are going to be playing for Bath because if those guys aren't playing, well, I saw a video of Lowe in a Barbarians jersey. Is he? Is he involved with the in that ball, squad? Yeah, but that seems. Instead like, of instead of playing Champions Cup, that'd be mad, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> That's what it looked like in that video. Still on the pitch. Yeah, he was eating a big hamburger. But, but so. like you saw what those guys did to did to Leinster. I mean, if they're playing, yeah, that right. changes totally how good Bath are now. Underhill might be given more time off after World Cup he was sensational at the World Cup as well yeah I think oh, Bath now was good like, yeah. like Bath especially like, over there yeah, yeah. and Bath are one of these teams like, if you beat them early they'll, they'll give up you know Yeah. Um, Anthony Watson and was in the same boat are weird like they're, they're two they're two of those Tricky, yeah. disappointing English clubs but yeah. like they'll always give you a game they'll be tough but to be at home they will be tough to and be they're home. tough they're tough grounds yeah. like tight grounds mm. heavy you know underfoot it's not they're not unbelievably quick games you know yeah. um, which I think probably suits uh, the Irish teams a bit more quite. and just as a world kind of another World Cup digression Rory uh, you know Claremont uh, if they don't win anything it's be a long season. well you were yeah. trying to get us to move on from this <laughs> <season>. <laughs> I want to get Rory's opinion on this one <laughs> I think you know if Claremont don't go well this year don't win a big trophy oh, Frank Azem has been there I for five years he should have been gone long ago <laughs> Joe Schmidt makes his return to Claremont back into rugby he said he'll be free next 
somewhere. Is that like where do you think he might end up? But what yeah, about that I, I think that's definitely one of the very possible locations that he could end up. I think he's very well regarded there. He loved his time there himself. He's well regarded everywhere. But he is very it's just difficult. So Claire, it's hard to Claremont like him for two years and it's oh, no, he's an unbelievable coach. <laughs> but in, in particular in Claremont, he's really yeah. well. Like you know, he has With a team he has there. every week. He's got the yeah. French. They have a great oh. like medical system for Joe his Schmitt, kids. Joe Schmidt will be leading France at their home World Cup. And uh, as, as Johnny Sexton said last week, that is a scary proposition. Who said that? Johnny Sexton, as he said last it is week. A scary if he got his he's hands an on unbelievable France, coach. If he got his hands on them. I'm serious, like he's an unbelievable coach. He made some what bad picks. What would he do with Barmina? <laughs> uh, he wouldn't be in the... He <laughs> He'd be taken out. Great athlete. Yeah. But the would pick him. Yeah, no. yeah. He might be able to sort him he's out. He's retired anyway. Fair play to him. Retiring oh, before he gets sacked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think look, that's, that's definitely a live up. Like, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense for Joe, I think, yeah. as, as a next move. I think, I think he might want to go home, I think, somewhere Maybe. in Oz or something. I think, is the Australian job not a... I heard he's not Dave the running Rennie for that from like a fairly good source. Rennie is actually, the... Rennie's all Rennie is the, yeah, yeah. the Glasgow fella, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think he... Well, sorry, look, I don't know, but I think... I think a club... It'll be in the book. It'll be in the book, yeah. I didn't time <laughs> I know well that's a very good question yeah. <laughs> uh, he obviously wasn't uh, that's why he had four days off in six years send the team in early you know? same team, same team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well good to get your opinion on the Schmidt thing anyway so moving on to the last Irish pool Connacht Montpellier Toulouse and Gloucester and we were again talking about this earlier showing how much work we do in the office before the podcast but uh Kind of their favourites to beat Montpellier at the weekend, which is yeah, a, a funny one, isn't it? Uh, but overall, that's a, another tough pool for them. Like it's kind of one of the pools they got when they first got into it a couple of years ago, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago. Where if they took maybe one or two scalps, it would probably constitute a, a successful outing. You know, with, with a couple of big French teams and Gloucester who've recruited well and have been pretty good in the Premiership over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's it's great that Connacht are back in the in the Champions Cup. You know, mm. I like and I really like what Andy Friend is doing there. And you know, I I hadn't seen a lot of the games early in the season because we were in Japan and you know trying to catch up and highlights and bits and pieces. But I went down to the sports ground last week. You know, full of confidence that you know our excitement really just is kind of see where Connacht were, and they were bad. They were like worryingly poor as well as Leinster played and Leinster were outstanding. Their strength and depth is just a major, major issue. We talked about Munster having their problems at 10. Connacht have serious issues in the second row. They lost Finley Beelham early last week, um, which was a massive blow. They're hoping to have Alton Delan back this week. but You're only playing a big, beefy French pack like, as well. In your I was just going to say, like, if you were to pick one yeah. you know, French team to come, and in fairness, Andy Friend said it. He said, Montpellier are going to look at the blueprint that Leinster set in terms of bullying them up front, and that's how you beat Connacht. But... I wonder, like, will the IRFU come in and will they try and get Connacht uh, another second row? They're so short there. They were playing Sean O'Brien there last week, who's a lock, and he only lasted a couple of minutes on his return. You know, you look at like someone like Ryan Baird. You know, he he looks like he primed and ready for for action. Yeah. Could he go down and for a season and you know because he's loan not, him. They should loan him like, for a few is weeks. What, like, this is what Irish you? rugby need to do. Like, yeah. I mean, like let's, let's get a lot of guys sitting on the and, bench. And he would, he, like, he would start for Connacht because they're so short in yeah. injuries. And then you're talking about the bigger picture again in Irish rugby, and then get him back up to Leinster. That's a great now, idea. Leinster won't be happy yeah, about that, but there's loads of loads of locks. Yeah, no, seriously, like they should really consider that now. If they're if one of the teams are short, like you should be able to. And like, if the well, Ir- what's the point of having everyone essentially contract? If the Irish yeah, the loan, loan system, I think is one that could work really well in Irish rugby. Because some of the guys will want to, they want to stay and fight for a position. They absolutely yeah. want to do that, you know. And like most of the uh, strength and conditioning programs will be fairly you know aligned and you won't be doing too much crazy stuff you'll have good people in charge of the medical stuff like I don't I think that's a great idea Keen. like I think like it, particularly when a few provinces are struggling and there's lots of people who could add value very quickly I think it has to be for a defined period though you can't just have lads going oh, no, sorry, like two I'm weeks about doing like oh, yeah, a, you know like, like you know Connacht are short this week send down no, no, you it has to be six months or something if this problem like this is just my opinion if this problem was in Munster or Leinster okay never be in Leinster they would 100% be getting the help so like the RFU, if the RFU are serious about trying to build Connacht because like, like Connacht are important to the overall face of Irish rugby as well you know you've seen more and more of these young players breaking through they need to be helped out and I think someone like a Ryan Baird would be an ideal fit well think about how many good guys have come from Connacht in the last couple of years exactly. and are playing in, and in it, the different teams and, and Andy that, Friend you know. is playing a really attractive round of rugby yeah. which what's we your, just what's talking your about. take on him I, I think I, I like him every time I hear I really him speaking like him. I think is he well thought of amongst the players really impressive there? and like it, it's, it's really 
really refreshing talking to him because every time you talk to him, you feel like he's telling you know the what truth. He thinks, he's not yeah. he's not hiding anything. He's mm. he was really honest uh, about the Leinster defeat. The players are loving playing with him. Um, I remember speaking to Jack Harty about him in Japan and. You know, he was saying that after sort of, you know, Kieran Keane, it was a tough season, but he's come in, he's given the lads license to play what they see. And mm. you've seen, like, Jack Harty's come on leaps and bounds. And I think other players like Tom Farrell um, has come on hugely. Come, come on, hugely. Peter Rob, like, these guys are benefiting from the style of play. And in fairness, Nigel Carlin is doing a good job in that regard too. So this all feeds into the bigger picture like we were talking about. If What's the point in developing the ground if you're not actually going to help them out when they're short? Like, yeah, if you're not... Absolutely. If you have, you, there's a recognition they're not going to get the budget. But, like... I don't know. I feel like, look, if Leinster had an injury crisis, you say, well, look, like he is a Leinster player. Leinster need him back. But, like, I don't know. I, I, other than that, I'd say, like, why wouldn't you give someone a three-month stint down there where they actually are playing professional rugby? Hmm. I don't know. I I see only upside in that. And, um, and even if it's not from Leinster, I mean... It, it, but it, it, they, it's, they it's, seem it's, like the obvious. It's the, super, of, yeah. it's the super rugby off-season. There's lads on the market, like... No, uh, like but does that, that really, does that help no, Irish rugby? I, 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 I don't think they need to move away from that. Like, Ryan Munster got took in Jen Holloway, like... I was trying to think of his name. Where is he now? No, he's still there. But, like, I think that's the wrong way to go about this. Like, if we're talking about building towards you know changing things in the cycle Ryan Baird is an absolute guaranteed future international like it's just a question of really when is he, yeah. oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's outstanding yeah, I mean, he's a gem, he, yeah, he was yeah. just like in school and for the under 20s this year he came into it late he was injured but he's just out, an outstanding player he actually reminds me um, of James Ryan a lot and Ooh. the prospect that the two of them down the road playing in the same fr- uh, second row is really exciting but I think we need to be promoting these Irish guys rather than getting a journeyman a journeyman yeah. super yeah. rugby Rory said there need to be some sort of way of you know, yeah, and, and you don't want to dilute. You don't yeah, want to dilute yeah. the whole. But there has to be ways. The challenge means. is always going to be like, sorry, I like as soon as we say it, I'm kind of thinking, well, that person will come back to Leinster and know all the calls. You know, like there is there is challenges with it, but like I think in theory, you know, it's definitely worth considering, particularly in a few different positions where there's people who are quite far away from the team who aren't going to get games and if you feel like look they're ready to play but they're just not going to get an opportunity here because you've got Devin Tone or you've got Scott Ford or you've got James you know, Ryan, James Ryan you've got happened. Ross Maloney ahead of you I, I, yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't it be able happened, to do that. it happened with uh, oh, back Tom, Tom Daly Tom, so Daly Tom Daly and Stephen Fitzgerald went yeah, on loan with a couple of guys and, on loan and both of them went on yeah. loan and got Contracts, yeah. then, you know, and now this is a little bit different to the, the Ryan yeah, Baird no, example. I know, I know. Ryan like, will be a bigger yeah, prospect, but, but, but they're two yeah. guys. It's such a good point who could have been lost to the Irish system, and yeah. now instead they'd, they'd probably re- be playing championship exactly, rugby now if exactly. they hadn't gotten. And they've reinvented themselves at Connacht, yeah. and Connacht are reaping the rewards. So that's where you talk about the joined up thinking, which I think Irish rugby needs more of. Yeah. So Rory, uh, can Connacht get out of this pool? Do you think? Don't think so. Um, I think, like, I think, Mont- like, you can't play Montpellier without a scrum or, or you know, without a. A, a tight five, and that's a big problem this weekend. But like of all the teams that are going, that are not going to fancy going to Galway, it's Montpellier. They're, they're the worst away team right out there. But they're one of them anyway. Yeah, different climbs. Toulouse have been there a couple of times. Like Toulouse, I think will will have their eye on this one. They won the French title last yeah, year. I think they'll have their eye on this title. Um, mm-hmm. Toulouse are the back to back, aren't they? No, Toulouse are Gloucester back to back. Like Gloucester have had Connacht's measure over the years. I think like. It's not a good pool for Connacht, and I do think Connacht are a really good team, and will hopefully be able to qualify for this again next year. But they've been unlucky, and it does show again that if you are the lower ranked team going into this, you know, from your Pro 14, if you squeeze into the t- Champions Cup or if you qualify as the kind of sixth team, you get a really crap draw the following year because that's a tough, tough draw. Yeah. Tough. I think everyone was struggling in that pool. Yeah, um, and I think Connacht in particular, because of the size of their squad, competing on two fronts is difficult for them, and. With their injury crisis, they're going to struggle against uh, Montpellier and Toulouse in the first two weeks. That's not you don't want those two teams you'd when you've got no scrum. Either, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say Gloucester would be pretty good this year as well. Gloucester yeah. are a good team. Mm, yeah, so that's, they've been yeah, aggre- well. they've been aggressively rec- recruiting even behind the scenes stuff as well. Like yeah. Dan Tobin, um, you know, excellent, excellent operator. Leinster for years and years spent the, you know good money on him um, to to come and and work on the back. So like they're. I think I think they're in a good place, Gloucester. Yeah, actually, I yeah. like all the people that they have around them. Like I think they're building something good. Danny so. Cipriani. Yeah, like I mean, look, I'm not a big fan of his in terms of you know. Get us back for, in the Daily Mail with a few for, uh, for lots of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> well, look, I proved right. I told you they wouldn't pick him, and they were right not to pick him. But you put him there. behind a beefy pack that's going but forward. He's, he's going to win the game very yeah, well. Like he's mm. an excellent footballer. Yeah. I just would never trust him in a big game. But yeah, um, you know, other than that, I think. I'm sorry, other than that, I forgot he was there. I think he's a pretty there. But in fairness, he he's very reformed. Like it doesn't seem like there's any bullshit with him anymore. Like in terms of partying or whatever and, and kind of going against team you know rules or whatever yeah. you know so he looks you know he, and he's played great rugby there but 
Yeah, like they'd be tough to beat. Mm. And the, the last pill, quickly, lads, uh, Exeter, Glasgow, La Rochelle, and Sale. Obviously, Ron O'Gara there with La Rochelle, which will provide some interest. Exeter, you think maybe this is their opportunity to make a mark in this tournament. They've only gotten out of the quarter or to the quarterfinals once in six attempts, which is very poor considering their domestic form. You know, is that the team you'd look at there, or do you think Ron O'Gara and La Rochelle? They'll probably focus on domestic. Yeah, you think? It's like it's a, like it's hard to know how, how that pool, not to sort of dodge the question, because like you look at Glasgow, Dave Rennie is leaving at the end of the season. You know, that like, complicates things for them. And in fairness, Glasgow and Exeter are two teams who, you know, promised so much in Europe and then just failed to deliver. Like, I think actually this time last year when we were doing this podcast, a couple of us, I think I did, tipped uh, Exeter as possibly dark horses to, to win the thing. Um, I've distanced, distanced myself from that prediction. Yeah, actually. I did. Uh, I thought, to that point. Would. I've not heard <laughs> I think I was I really liked everything about them. They're a great, they're they're a great, great club. club. And Sailor Good as well. Sale used yeah. to be good, but Sale are good these days. They got Faf the Clerk back as well. Class, uh, so AJ McGinty's playing running ten. He's the he's the a curry player. The curry, you know the curries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that pool, is, yeah, like that pool Ashton, is quite competitive, like, really, isn't it? Like, is that it could sure? go. I th- I Jacko could go. van Rensburg. I was over at their game against Connacht. They abs- like in the quarterfinal challenge cup last year. They blew Connacht away, and I was like, geez, these are actually. These are decent, and, and they strengthened. I think do they have the agger or, or he's, uh, he's, he's, he's injured, but yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. they've recruited a couple a couple yeah. more. So I think sale will be dangerous, and sale the English teams will probably take points off each other. So there's possibly yeah. you know Glasgow could have a win though, but Glasgow always it's there's yeah. basically a collection of teams who disappoint in Europe every Forget year. Forget about yeah. Glasgow. Stuart Hogg, Stuart Hogg would exit yeah. there as well. Yeah, more interesting yeah, yeah. That, adds, that, adds, yeah. that adds something, mm. but that actually be an interesting pool. Teams will take points off each other. Exeter and Austin Bristol on the weekend though, isn't they? Are they are they that good? Or they, would they still have a few guys They'd have, they have guys a few, few guys come back. I think yeah, they were 17 nil up at half time. Is that right? Yeah. But Bristol are going well, aren't they? I mean, yeah, I, Bristol are top of the league. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Um, I knew that, but I didn't know that. Larry <laughs> La- 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 Shadow are weird, but because like, they got to the final of the Challenge Cup last year, their their first year in the Heineken Cup were really, really good and then kind of fell apart in the in the knockouts. And then a beat rebuilt, and now Ronald Garris in his first season. Interesting well, to see how he gets on. I'm really excited. Yeah. I like. I that's that's one of the games I might actually watch. One of the kind of outside ones that I'd be mm. like, oh, actually, I'd be quite keen to see how he. Yeah. How he if if they actually put focus on, you know, it's a classic French thing. I that couldn't could imagine just be, Raj and, and exactly. uh, John, John O'Gibbs, O'Gibbs not yeah. focusing on it. And they have the squad. They have like they have a big yeah, squad. Yeah, Hopefully, they do take it seriously. That's um, great. Yeah. yeah. Well, then let's finish up. Lads, I might go around the three of you and just get us to give you your finalists and your overall winner. Keen, maybe starting with. Thanks, Tommy. Um, look, I think if Saracens do take it seriously, which I think they will, I, I don't quite believe they're going to rock up and you know with with an academy team or anything like that. I still think that they have the the strongest squad. Um, I think Leinster are definitely the the best place to challenge them. Um, I think they're definitely the top two, and behind that, I'd have like a Toulouse and a Claremont. I think. I think the finals in Marseille, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be Claremont, Leinster, and Claremont to win it. Ooh, I like it. I'm trying to figure out if who's who's playing who or too late. Uh, it's coming <laughs> right to me. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'll just go on what I think are the best teams. I think um, I still think Saracens again, dependent on who's playing. Uh, I think Leinster close behind, and I think um, I actually think Toulouse would beat Claremont, even though Claremont are probably uh, a better team. I think they're just better pedigree in the competition so I'm going to go those three uh, final I would say uh, I'm going to go go with Leinster I think Saras are they the same side of the draw looks like to me I have a quick scan there um, well, it, depends on, it depends on who, yeah. who yeah, play- oh sorry more. of course yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, top yeah. eight Jesus sorry my apologies like yeah. Munster could do God, Munster could do the that, tournament yeah. the favour if they do put a dent in Saracens because then it puts Saracens on the road you know like well, that's it, what I'm thinking whereas Leinster like, Leinster are really well set to like I think they should win all their games and come out as, or at least win five of six. Yeah. They should be one of the top seeds. That was yeah. a big problem for them last year that they they lost to lose and they ended up on a. They, they, but they got to the final. They did. Really yeah, they did, but it was a tougher. It was a tougher route. It's funny because yeah. you could see Saracens maybe losing a few pool games, getting away quarter final, winning that, and getting a home semi final because that's True. how it flips back around yeah. stupidly. So like, even though Leinster are down to be home at the semis, if they won all their games, they could end up going away what happened last year like Toulouse beat Rossing and then Leinster ended up getting a home semi because of it had Rossing won Rossing would have been at home so 
So many permutations. Where, where are you going? Are I'm going to go Claremont and Leinster as well. I actually agree with Rory. I think Saracens might get knocked into an away quarterfinal. It could be a difficult game depending on who they might play. You? If you remember, after the Lions, they struggled. That was their down year. And that was a big World Cup for a lot of English players as well. They went yeah. right to the final. They've had a massive disappointment. Like they, they have, have the salary way this weekend. If they don't get a win there, they're already mm. you know chasing. Yeah. If you're looking about maybe getting a top seed, oh, like they could still get out of the group 100%. But it, if you're looking at overall winners and the easiest path to get there, Leinster have the yeah. easiest pool they probably had in Saracens, Saracens are the best squad Saracens are the best team in the competition yeah yeah, I agree with that I suppose on the flip side if Saracens end up beating Racing this weekend then everyone's going okay they haven't gone away yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's absolutely mental to have anyone else but them yeah. I think they're only going to get better they've added they've added good players to that brilliant squad already I don't see any long term injuries really is there to anyone uh, no, no, after no. the World Cup no uh, I'd say they'd be really hard to beat. Mm. Well, a lot covered, a lot to look forward to over the course of the next couple of weeks. Luke, Rory, Keane, thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Cheers. And that's all we have time from the left wing this week in association with Aldi. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week reviewing all the Champions Cup action. And in the meantime, you could subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye. Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.